Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And with Pastor Todd. Good morning. And um, I know this week's been a lot with uh, the weather, being all over, power outages. How did you guys make out with that? So our power was out for 24 hours. Well, uh, 23 and a half hours, actually, Oof. is what it ended up being about. Okay. So we were fine. During the day, we were fine. All that stuff had just bought ice cream. So you know what? <sighs> That's sad. Yeah, you know, it, it is sad, and, and it's hard when you have to eat a whole half gallon of ice cream <laughs> because you don't want to waste it. Just don't want to waste it. Yeah, no, you know? Good choice. Good choice. So, uh, really, the the worst part of it, um, the worst part of it, really boiled down to trying to sleep at night with it being so humid. Uh, yeah. That's like, ugh, you know, and just not, uh, just not uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was like the worst part of it, but you know. Imagine and, 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 eating, and eating a half gallon of ice cream. And I mean, that was just horrible. That was, <laughs> it was like torture. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long ours was out officially. Um, I know that it went out, and um, we ended up um, coming back to the church um, and cooking some food here. Um, oh, nice. And then eating here. Um, and when we got here, the Palisanos were already here. They had already kind of had the same idea. So. Um, we just kind of i guess we're all just hanging out um and then we got done with dinner hung out for a little bit just talking conversation our kids were playing and then we went home and the lights everything was back on so i don't know the exact timeline time frame but um you know i was grateful because i was like oof i don't want to have to sleep like yeah that's that's not too bad Yeah. yeah One of the families in church, I don't want to say who they are online or whatever, but had actually posted on Facebook that um, they had gotten an update from the power company that their power would be back on the 11th, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow. So I don't know if that's actually how it really played out. I don't know why it took so long for everybody this time around, unless it just was more damage than they anticipated. I think there was so much more damage. My my brother-in-law is a lineman, so a lot of times what they do is they actually bring in uh, electrical workers from other states when there's big storms yeah. so that they can do all the work and um and so i think there was a lot of people without power but especially in this area mm-hmm. and with a lot of down trees and stuff like that um, yeah the jickas had talked about how he was trying to get home tim was trying to get home and he came down one side of the street and the power lines were down the cops weren't letting anybody through so he had to go out back around route nine and go around from the other side and when he got to the other side, there was another power line down that was starting to fire. Yeah. So oh he gosh. literally couldn't get to his house mm. because it was blocked by live lines. Live so he wow. went back to the original cop and said, hey, there's lines down there. And I really got to get home. So he's like, okay. And he, I think he drove up like up on the up on the grass or something's oh, yeah, yard yeah. to get around it wow. to get home. So Sheesh. this is crazy. It was, yeah. it was a bad storm. It was intense. Yeah. Wednesday morning, I took like five different ways to get here to church. It took me like... 25 minutes normally doesn't take me that long it was it was a lot but uh yeah yeah we were good um i think power went out while we were not home because i came back and all like the clocks weren't working but we had power and so i didn't really experience anything which isn't too bad you know um lucked out in that way but uh i want to say too we actually had a great weekend with young adults we did a young adults weekend we called it because we couldn't really do a retreat obviously uh, where we went away and stuff but I actually wonder if this may have worked better even because it was Friday night Saturday morning Saturday afternoon and then Sunday we did brunch mm-hmm. 
and so just kind of between everything like different people came out to different what they could come to i mean some right, people came right. to everything actually <clears throat> tell you a little story about that i ran into one of the young adults who live in my neighborhood uh figures it away but <laughs> but uh this particular young adult which i won't mention this person's name uh <laughs> actually said they really loved the Saturday morning. They really loved the fact that they were able to... Oh, man, there's no way to get around talking about this without giving it away. Oh, yeah. So, Melissa... Because <laughs> she, she was so excited about how she got to be a part of small groups and got to join in the conversation and not have to be the one leading it mm-hmm. like she right. always does for youth. So, she yeah. said that she really, she really liked it more than... It sounded like she had liked it more than she had anticipated really liking it. Oh, good, and yeah. She, and she, the one thing she said, she's like... It was cool because I got a chance to focus on me growing. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so kudos because, like, they really loved it. Yeah. Know? Well, yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah. Yeah, and I know that, um, I know they always enjoy the brunch because it's it's weird, like, it's not, I guess it's not too weird. I guess it's more known now, but they, there are some uh, young adults who flex in the kitchen. Like, they got Yo. some real oh, I saw. culinary skills. I saw Dude, the person with the orange. <laughs> the lemon. And the lemon. The, the, yeah, the le- doing lemon zest into their donut glaze. Dude, there wasn't He's going to make one... somebody a good wife sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> there was not one <laughs> bad spread on that thing. Yeah, not, there's like, a, there's no, a, everything was delicious. And I, and I guess, too, it's like what's dope about it is uh, it's, 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 it's the fellas. You know, the fellas are really doing their <laughs> no, thing. And, that's, the, that's, and I'm like, man, these guys are really, they're yeah, really nice in the cook. kitchen, you know. When I do stuff with the kids, they bring a bag of chips that's, like, crushed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, that's funny. Jealous. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a good weekend. It was fun. So, um... But talk about the weekend. You know, let's let's talk about the sermon for a little bit. Pastor Jamal absolutely loved the sermon yesterday, and uh, we were definitely preaching some fire. But man, dude, it was it was good. It was totally um, appropriate for where we're at. I think the series we were in with "You're Not the Boss," me totally appropriate for where we're at. Maybe just because that's the human heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know your message yesterday. Talk about pandemic-proof faith. Thought. Um, you know, really was speaking to a lot of us and where we're at our church specifically, but really the church in general, like you said, I think that's kind of how you worded it. Yeah. It was really honestly like an indictment against myself, but (laughs) it just kind (laughs) of like, you know, spilled out that way because in reality I've, you know, it was, um, and I think I said, maybe I didn't say it in first service, but I definitely said it in second service, second service about how I found myself having a real, like, getting myself blasted you know like the the holy spirit was like no we about to talk about some things and it was like it was conviction man i just had to eat that and when it was all said and done i was like oh maybe i'm not the only person who feels like this you know and maybe i'm not the only person going through this battling through this um and then it kind of just yeah just formulated into a message and so um, yeah i feel like those are the best sermons i feel usually. like that's I, I, the tension for me is i feel like that's all I ever preach is like from my life and like how I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's like, I want to one day like preach a sermon. It's like, Hey, you know what? You shouldn't punch old ladies, you know, in the face, you know, because it's something I'm not struggling with. You know what I mean? Like, but a lot of times it's like, Oh man, you know, like, Oh, here's a message about, you know, someone who doesn't know how to wait. Well, pastor Jamal here, here's a message about somebody who likes to keep score. Pastor Jamal, you know, here's a, here's a message about somebody who's, you know, uh, whose faith is a little bit rocky and, you know, not as 
pandemic proof as he thought, Pastor Jamal. So like that's yeah. how I feel like a lot of the messages come, which is like it is what it is, I guess, you know. If I must be, you know, if I must go forth and be the sacrificial lamb so that I think no, you know, I, I, I think <laughs> I think I that's, what that's what preaching is. is. And obviously well, so I did the week on envy and uh you know, pretty much since then every single day I've been it's been okay. <laughs> All right, this this runs way deeper than yeah, I, I mean thought. talking about donuts with lemon glaze. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about I'm like, oh man, I mean, like I've been seeing it. And then actually this Sunday, a little sneak peek, I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be talking about um like judging and how we judge others to like shift the blame and mm -hmm. what does Jesus want us to do and stuff. Um, but anyway, so, you know, you realize how much you do that. Too. Yeah. You're like, yeah, so. yeah. I don't really judge people. Well, I, except for, uh, oh, I don't do that, but like this person sucks and they're dumb and I would do a better job. And like, <laughs> sure. Sure. Oh, I think, Okay. Not judging. Hey, yeah. I'm not I'm judging. The I'm, truth. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm evaluating <laughs> them and weighing them and deciding yeah, 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 yeah. I'm better. Like right. I'm not judging. I'm just No, yes. <laughs> that's that yeah. So that's I, I guess that's where it all comes from, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes too the reason why those are the best sermons is cuz we got skin in the game. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So we're talking about something not from necessarily a philosophical point of view mm -hmm. or like a uh, a textbook knowledge of it. It's Hey, I'm wrestling with these things, and so as I'm talking about how I wrestle with it, like it's like really r more relatable than mm, when yeah. we preach about theory. Yeah, yeah, y yes. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So let's talk about it a little bit. Let's talk a little textbook in the beginning. Actually, just that's what I do like about the podcast. We kind of have that um, opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, Pastor Jamal, your main text was Hebrews twelve twenty five through twenty nine. And um, you talked about uh, context in the book of Hebrews, kind of setting people up. You thought you said the context was very important. And so I wanted to real quick just pick your brain and talk a little bit. You said that the author is unknown when it comes to the book of Hebrews. Um, possibly it could be Priscilla, who's mentioned in Romans, I believe, at the end of mm -hmm. Romans. Priscilla and Aqu her husband Aquila. Yep, Priscilla and Aquila. Um, and it could have been because she, it, as a woman to be credited maybe wouldn't have been taken seriously in the ancient world and so it was left unknown um did you like do you have did you have other thoughts on that like i told you my professor had some thoughts on yeah on so i thought uh, so um it's definitely a minority thought it's not um as widespread you know uh, i think more people believe it to be paul um but um this one german theologian um adolf von adolf von Harnick, I believe it is, Adolf von Harnick. He's the one who kind of um, ascribes that. And, and the way he kind of throws it out there, too, he's like, oh, this is the um, the Greek participle or the Greek uh, word for he here is actually a copy. Like it's someone copying from another from a from another text. Okay. And it's a mistake. Like they did that on accident. And therefore, um you know, the author is really actually a she. Um, but someone else kind of builds on his uh, premise and they say, no, this isn't a mistake. This is what people sometimes did when it came to uh, this moment. Anytime that there was an idea that there was a female or a woman um, in some sort of like authoritative like spot or place. And so um, yeah. but it's definitely a minority thought. But <clears throat> if it is, you know, like if it was a woman and, you know, if Priscilla did write it, you know, I think even to the person who builds on uh, on uh, his uh, premise, 
they argue for a co-authorship of Priscilla and Aquila, that they okay. that they okay. come together to write this letter. So, um, oh, which actually, is, I didn't know that. That's which cool. is an interesting, you know, it's just interesting. I, I mean, I don't know if it's f- true because this is one of the things that is constantly being argued right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but what they what gives I guess a little more weight to it is the relationship that Priscilla and Aquila did have with Paul, um, and the conversations that they could have had with Paul and learned from him in that regards um, yes. to then also write in a style that is similar to Paul gives them, uh, you know, a little bit of, oh, okay, maybe, you know, this is possible, but mm-hmm. that, you know, it's a minority thought. So well, you said you're a professor. Yeah. So, I mean, there's other names that get floated out there like Barnabas mm-hmm. um, associated with Paul missionary in acts, but my professor felt like, strongly that it was apollos Mm -hmm. i was just looking for uh where the verse is in acts but he was powerful in the scriptures i believe is what it says so he would have been very familiar with the old testament and i like how he said it we um i'm sorry how did he say it actually are not we would have knowledge of the old testament and its theological significance in light of jesus without the book of hebrews but the book of hebrews really makes it very clear for mm-hmm. us. Like if we didn't have it, mm-hmm. there'd be maybe more guesswork or interpretation or blah, blah, blah. So his extensive knowledge of the old Testament system and then applying Jesus to it. Um, he, he liked the idea of Apollo. So I've always thought of that. Um, again, I think it's in acts. It says that he was powerful in the scriptures. And from what I understood, the reason I thought that it didn't um, uh, reflect Paul's writing the same way but Paul was credited because uh, for the Catholic Church in a Catholic Bible, it'll say that it was written by mm, Paul okay. because um, that's important to have it in the canon of Scripture that we know the author. So how could we mm. have a book of the Bible without unknown author? So it's credited to Paul. Okay. That's what I had thought about it. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting that we don't actually know. And it, it actually, I guess the other reason I wanted to talk about it is because this Sunday I wanted to preach from John chapter 8 which is um, where uh, Jesus says, you know, cast a first stone, the woman caught in yeah. adultery. Yep. And really that story is not originally in John. And if you research it, there, that's just like, it's just very well known. It just wasn't in the original gospel. So, you know, then it becomes a question of, you know, should it be in the Bible or should we preach from it or how should we understand the story? So I want to, I'll go there on mm-hmm. Sunday. I'll talk about it a little bit. But, um, you know, as, as you research and discover maybe how the Bible was um, put together. Maybe sometimes it's a little demystified, but that doesn't change its divine inspiration, its authority in our lives. So even, you know, Hebrews, not knowing the author, that doesn't invalidate your sermon, you Mm -hmm. know, in that sense, Pastor Jamal, it still speaks to us. So I find that interesting. Yeah, because I think the thing, too, about Scripture and those who originally, like, compiled the canon of Scripture mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, from all the different sources is, like, does it follow the vein, the themes throughout the rest of Scripture? Mm-hmm. You know, and that was one of the big things. Like, if if they couldn't, if the, if it was, like, totally out of place for the rest of Scripture, it wouldn't have been included. You know what I mean? So it still follows through the same veins. And, um uh, and there was a lot of like, and I don't know what they are, but there were a lot of things that they went through with each of the books as they were compiling them all into the Bible uh, to make sure that they were making wise choices about what was scripture and what wasn't. Yeah. And there was a whole council of 
people who did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it wasn't left up to one particular person or this person's opinion or whatever. Uh, and the fact that all those things would come together to preserve it throughout thousands of years, you know, yeah. just points that there is divine, there's a divine origin within that, that even though maybe we're not sure about that passage with the throwing the stone or whatever, um, doesn't take away from the overall inspiration of scripture and that's touched by the divine. Yeah. So, yeah. And maybe, and maybe that's important too. I mean, we could really spend time talking about this. I didn't mean to go all the way. But but that's, that's what inspiration is. It doesn't, it's not, um, yeah, sorry. I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's still touched by the divine in that sense, the way you worded it, Pastor Todd. Yeah, yeah, totally. So as we learn about it, um, again, it, it can it can be a faith builder mm-hmm. instead of um, a detractor. Maybe yeah. just a way to put mm-hmm. it. I, again, I'm super. I love that stuff. So, um, okay, <clears throat> and um, so yeah, anyway, so it gave us some context in the book of Hebrews, who the author could have been, obviously, um, to compare and contrast Jesus with Old Testament people and places to remain faithful to Jesus despite persecution. Um, and, you know, Pastor Jamal, you definitely uh, said some heavy stuff, but I feel like, you know, you were on point. So, you know, kind of talking about um, in the midst of a pandemic, if Jesus were to come back, how many of us would really be ready if we may be rooted in the wrong things? And one of the things that you said, which, again, I think was so good, um, but you said our faith has never been tethered to a building. And now for me on a personal level, that's really easy for me because I worked at a church plant that we didn't own a building mm-hmm. and we complained about our building. Mm-hmm. That's very easy for me to get in that personally. But um, just to push back a little bit, then like, but why do we have a building then? Or what's the point? Should we even meet? We were forced to go online. And like you were saying, like, hey, um, my faith isn't tethered to a building. I can still worship God at home, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean should we bother to meet in a building then? Should we just go back online? Everybody stay home? Like just to push back on the thought or maybe develop it a little more. Yeah. You know, I think <clears throat> my main, you know, so my main thought in that is I think it was the, the level to which we, we've elevated the building. And I think that that we have to be cautious about. You have to be cautious about that with, with anything, yeah. you know, not to say that things in this, this life, um, aren't good there are things in this world that are are good things you know um but that you shouldn't elevate those things like for example like uh you know well just being honest like you know sex is a is a great thing but if it is elevated to a level of idolatry then it becomes distorted and you can abuse it and and all of a sudden it doesn't look the way that it's supposed to look or it's not being used in the way that God had intended it for it to be used. So, um, you know, there are great things in this world. The building is an amazing thing. The church building is a great thing. But once we start to elevate that building above um, the one whom we're supposed to worship in that building, then it begins It begins to become a little bit convoluted, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a really good phrase that one of my um, biblical counseling professors used, and they used it in terms of sexuality but i think it fits it's not specific for that it fits for like a lot of things that they like a building makes a really good blessing it doesn't make a very good god mm-hmm. okay. you know and he used it like i said in terms of sexuality sexuality is a great blessing but not not necessarily a good god but yeah. i think it can apply to a lot of things sure. that are things that are blessings that sometimes we elevate to the stature of god like like really money is a good blessing 
doesn't make a very good God. A building, like a physical structure, is a blessing. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. It's a blessing that we can come together at one place, be able to see each other, and, and come together as a body at a location. Yeah. But when that location gets elevated to the point of God, it doesn't make a good God. Yeah. And I think part of it for me, the struggle was, you know, in the beginning, obviously, oh, I can't do some of the youth events that I wanted to do. And it was like it threw like it really just threw a whole monkey wrench in a lot of the different events I wanted to do. Like guys night, you know, like all this other stuff like and I'm and I'm was upset. I was like, yo, we should be able to do this. It should be fine. You know. As long as we do these things, we adhere to social distancing, we should be fine. But every time I kind of like looked around, it was like, no, nah, you got to There was a whole nother thing added to the mix that made it difficult or made it impossible to do. And so, yeah, I was getting frustrated. And there was a moment where God was like, like, really, is this the thing to be frustrated about? Like, you know, is this the thing to really be upset about here that you can't meet in a building? Um, and it was just, oh, that's right. Yeah, my faith is not th- not there. My faith is in Christ and and so having to adapt and change you know um that you know that that was just what it was but it also allowed for me to remember at least to recalibrate a little bit and remember that oh that's right this is about God and uh how finding creative ways to still make God the focus um in the midst of not being able to have access to a building and it was important because in the same in that same way I'm also now teaching our students what faith really is like mm-hmm. it's not about being within the four walls of this and and like because one of my st- one of the kids this is you know sometimes what's the scripture out of the mouth of babes you know like one of the students you know they were like yeah it's all good you know because i was like oh, i'm sorry guys we can't we're on, you yeah, know on yeah. zoom i'm like sorry guys we can't meet in the building Da-da-da. and then one of the kids was like ah, oh, it's all good you know maybe it'll actually push us to actually you know i don't know go out into the highways and byways and compel people you know about the gospel <laughs> and i was like <laughs> right <laughs> because that's what it's about like yeah, and it yeah, was like yeah. i was like oh shoot yeah you're right kid like you know what i mean and i i like i needed that jolt a little bit like and i felt like it was very much a holy spirit like like a nice gentle slap across the face yo get focused here and so from that moment on i was like all right, okay okay cool all right, so how do we do that? And, you know, started talking to our students. All right, cool, you know, we're going to meet on Zoom. Hey, if you have friends who want to come on, you know, like that's this would be a great opportunity for them to get to meet us without the without feeling conflict or um, constricted or confined to a building where if they want to out, they can't get an out because they're here in this building. But now they get to see us and meet and have person and get the bump into personalities. And then, you know, this past Wednesday, we were stinking, man, we're packed in here with like all kinds of kids and yeah um you know it was it was amazing to see so many new faces i think we had like six new kids like literally like that that this past wednesday yeah and then there's two kids who have been coming for the past three weeks so a total of eight kids since we've been able to meet in the building but most of that has been because of oh they had connection with someone who was here so like yeah yeah in my mind, I'm like, yeah, this is what it's about. It's about souls. It's about people. Yeah, um, and I've been sharing. <clears throat> so now if you're listening on the podcast, too, I've been sharing with the volunteers on Sundays that literally every single week that we've met in person so far, which I don't know where we're at. I think we started meeting in June, so it's been two, two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single week we've had new people come to our church on Sunday. So, and, you know, shout out to everybody who serves. Like, you're um, contributing to that. And, 
you know, like that your actions make a difference because there are people new coming every week. And yeah, just kind of to your point there, Pastor Jamal. And some thoughts I have too, just about that. Like I was talking to somebody about this as well. And I told them, I was like, I, I guess that word sanctuary is a good word in the sense of like, it's a sanctuary. It's kind of separate. It's dedicated for this purpose. And so our building, our sanctuary is dedicated to worship God. So that's what makes it special that we have a place where we can go and that's what we do there. But um, it's not the only place we worship God. We right. can worship God in spirit and in truth. That's what Jesus said. In fact, yes. No, that's a perfect verse because I'm sorry. Were you about to say this? No, go ahead. Finish. No, you finish. Whatever. No, finish. I don't I don't know. You you say what you're My saying. thought was immediately that verse because Jesus, that's the whole premise. The, the woman at the well is like, we're supposed to worship here on this mountain. Yeah. And Jesus is like, well, trust me, there's a time coming where that's not even going to be like, yeah, that's not that's not even the focus. Like, yeah. it's he immediately was like, yeah, I understand that. But like, it's like, here's the reality. The reality is worshiping in spirit and in truth. That is. Yes. Because she made much mention like, oh, this is the mountain we're supposed to worship on. Yeah. Like this place. Like and in her like even the way she kind of communicates it, it's like it's got to be there. And he's like, mm. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and so that's why I thought about that. that. Was that what you were about to say? Well, well, no, I just I just was saying I I thought of that when this all happened. No, and perfect. I know people were having a hard time. And it's like, no, we can worship God in spirit and truth. That's what Jesus says about his followers. It's perfect. And even again, now the, the context is different. But even what Paul says, First Corinthians six, that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So this is the house of God in the sense of. All of us here know we come to worship God here, but our own bodies are the house of God. And so what Paul was saying, so what you do matters. So to come here, to come to the church building, worship God, and then do other things with your body, you know, that's not okay. It Actually, this is the temple, is my own body, and so I can worship in spirit and truth. But uh, the last thought I was going to say, though, just uh, just context about talking about all this stuff, even, you know, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 10, says that... um we should motivate each other um, to love and good deeds, and we should not forsake meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage each other as long as you see the day drawing near. So um, so our faith is not tethered to a building. We worship God in spirit and truth despite a building. We don't idolize a building. It's a blessing, but not a God. Oh, that's what I was going to say. For me, coming from not having a permanent building, having a building is amazing. Like feel like to do ministry and to lead a group of young adults and small groups and these different things we do. I'm like, Oh, having a building is so much better. Mm -hmm. It's a great blessing. But, um, you know, our faith isn't in those things, but on the flip side, um, part of my faith is coming together with other Christians and worshiping God corporately. And that's very important. And that's what Hebrews says. Hey, actually don't, don't say you don't have to meet together. That's part of your faith is worshiping God as a group corporately. In fact, I would even argue that's more what you see in the Bible. It's maybe a slightly different point here, but I think a lot of times our faith is very, very personal, very individual. I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, you never see personal relationship with Jesus, that phraseology in the Bible anywhere. I don't disagree with it. I would say I have a personal relationship with Jesus, but I'm saying if you're going to go what you see more in Scripture, I think there's a corporate relationship with Jesus Mm -hmm that we have there's a community of people who love god and worship god as a community and then that should spill over individually too i mean it yeah. needs to be individual and i think but. oh good so and i think too part of the what made me think too about 
I guess the thought of like, you know, my faith is never tethered to a building was the idea that some of the kids felt disconnected even through Zoom, you know, mm-hmm. connectivity, right? I'm going along, I guess in my mind, running alongside your, your point here, connectivity is what's important, you know, in regards to the body of believers. And so do you need a building per se to have connectivity? No, I don't think you need a building to have connectivity, but I think connectivity is important. And I think that when some of those students were struggling, you know, with with connectivity, I had to find a different way. I'm like, okay, uh, how do we how do we meet the needs that these students have and create some connectivity there? And then for some students, they felt more connected through the Zoom than they did when they were in the building. That's yeah, how I knew. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it has nothing to do with a building. Yeah. It has everything to do with what we're doing as a ministry to be connected with people, to be connected with students, um, and what and and meeting those needs according to what they what they have. So, so yeah, like that's why I think to myself, I'm like, yeah, man. So you know what? My faith isn't rooted there. Is a building nice? Yes. Does you know like in even the Old Testament, Jesus is real metic or Jesus God is real meticulous about what he wants his temple to look like. Yeah. You know, very detailed. Hey, I want it to look like this. It needs to be measured like this. You know, I want this type of wood from this particular, you know, like <laughs> he, get, he gets real meticulous about it as he should. It's his house, you know. Um, uh, and then that's at the same time, there seems to be an understanding, though, that it's about him. And that's what he says. Uh, uh, I'm not going to remember where at the moment, but he says, I, I never asked for a house. Mm. Like, I, I was fine with the tent because this is more our relationship. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm leading you. If you want to build me a house, that's fine. Okay, we'll go there. But um, the, uh, I can't even remember where he says no, no, it. But it if, you, if you know what I'm talking about, he told, God totally says that. I think I, maybe it's to David, but he says, yeah, like, I, I, I didn't even ask for this. You wanted to build this for me, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But that, you know... Just gonna repeat myself. So, just listen to you guys talk. Two things kind of come to mind that I think are connected there. And first of all, I think sometimes we like we look at the New Testament church and we're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had lived during the New Testament church time? But they didn't necessarily have a church building that they would right. meet at. When yeah. they would meet together as believers, it wasn't at a prescribed um, religious building that yeah. they would meet. They would meet together in each other's homes. They would have that connection with each other on a very, like, informal and yet powerful way. You know, and I know it was hard when the church closed down and some people felt really isolated. But then maybe there's something about the New Testament church that we say that we want so bad that we can learn from. And the fact that really the the things that took place that connect them were really not about a building. It was about the relationships they developed with each other. Yeah. And a building can help facilitate that, but it shouldn't take the place of that. Mm. That's a good way to so, put it. Yeah. So that was that that's one thing that really stuck out in my mind. And the other thing that stuck out that kind of pops into my head as we're talking about this is like sometimes we get so comfortable with the way of doing things mm-hmm. that we think that that is the only way it should be done. Mm. Sure. You know, I, I feel really comfortable in, I don't want to be a dead horse, but just in look for a house, I feel really comfortable where I'm at. And so it's scary to think about living somewhere else and, and going to bed at night somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to think about developing a new routine of the morning because of the different layout of the house and things like that. 
But the reality is like, that's just because I've grown really, really comfortable Mm -hmm. with what I know. And I think that that's part of what's been hard about the pandemic. What I've become comfortable with has really been really disrupted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the disruption is bad. I mean, it's bad in the fact that there was a pandemic. Oh, yeah. But you, you know what I'm saying? But but I guess what I'm uh, I guess my point is within that disruption, there's a lot of things that I learned about myself. Right. And I, I really thought I and I and I used to say I say it a lot. Oh, I'm a little bit more of an introvert. I'm a little bit more of an introvert. But here's what I found within two or three weeks of of not having a lot of connection with people. I was starting to question whether or not <laughs> I was really an introvert or if I was just maybe just a little more reserved, <laughs> you know. But but there's things that when we're when we're broken out of what is really safe and what is really comfortable, then I think it's one way that God uses to reveal what's going on with our hearts and for us to to be stretched and to grow, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And and though a pandemic is not necessarily good, my response to it and what God's doing within me can be good. Right. Ultimately, yes, all of it is, all of it rooted for me, like, or came down to, you know, what are the idols in my life? You know, I think the pandemic for a lot of people exposed what those idols were. Um, And yeah, for me, like, you know, from just being honest now, now we're getting real. Ooh, goodness gracious. Mm. Um, You know, I thought for a while, my identity was rooted in what I do here, you know? And so that got exposed real quick. It was like, oh, wait, what? Like, and now I had to take a step back and be like, all right, now, now, now who are you really? And what things in your life have you allowed to kind of comfort you um, when it should have been Jesus? Like, what things in your life have you allowed to define you when it should have been Jesus, what things have you allowed to, you know, or what things have you decided to champion and back and clutch and cling to when it should have been all the while Jesus? Uh, and so that's really what the crux of this message message was. I don't know in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly it. What is our faith tethered to? Mm-hmm. It's Jesus. And what specifically I enjoyed last Wednesday sitting in with the discipleship group, Pastor Jamal. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was great. I'm like, how, how, yeah, how do you get to heaven? Jesus. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, what? <laughs> what does that mean? No. Jesus's death on the cross for our sins, <laughs> yeah. his resurrection from the dead, his bodily resurrection. That is what our faith is tethered to. And yeah. then it's amazing that we can't, we do, we come together as Christians we worship God and, and, you know, all I have to say, love that we've been meeting in the building. It's been yeah. way better. You know, I mean, I, it me. was hot outside. Yeah. You know, I'm being honest. Yeah, like, I'm not saying, you're right. I don't want, I don't yeah. want people to walk away make saying like, yo, Pastor Paul hates the building. No, yo, he like, wants to be back in his pajamas. Dude, like, 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 it was hot when, when we got to do the outside services, preaching outside was tough, man. Cause I was like, man, this sun is beating down. There weren't any clouds. Like it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? It was just straight up sun uv rays to you know my melanin and it was it was hot you know (laughs) so i'm i'm thankful for the building appreciate it yeah so um yeah some great discussion and and totally again on point pastor jamal with what i think many of us are thinking about the church in general you know in that sense like the american church um so something else that you said again um uh, that we have equated a health crisis with persecution. And 
this this is a big deal and i gotta say because even i was talking to my friend uh, my friend from college visited last week and he was like dude my grandmother said oh we're in the tribulation and i was like uh yo if we're in the tribulation like i feel like i lucked out man this isn't so bad like, <laughs> i really was thought it was gonna get way uglier yeah like, man thought there was gonna be some beheading going on yeah like that's what i was thinking so i'm like you're talking about like, the power went out <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I gotta wear a Heavy, mask. Yeah, half a gallon of ice cream. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's bad, man. Tribulation. All right. I mean, All right. Plus, I can be oh, tribulated. I, actually, I said that to Pastor Bonnie, and she was like, uh, "She was like, I'm still pre-trip, pre-trip. Like, yeah. we're anyway. pre-trip. I get it. I'm like, right, duh. Like, sorry. Anyway, that's just some uh, Bible nerd talk, really quick. But anyway, um, uh, I did want to ask this though. I think that was a really great point that you said that we've we've equated a health crisis with persecution because the truth is that the church has not been singled out. And what some of us do have felt maybe as persecution while we can't meet or we're limited in how we can meet and all these things, but movie theaters can't meet, you know, th- this is a, this is applied everywhere. Um, so I wanted to ask like, man, where have maybe Christians done that in the past? Have you, do you have examples of that? Or, or maybe why are we, why do, are we tempted to say that sometimes that we're being, being, we're being persecuted or even off that maybe if those aren't whatever, another thought I had was, what would Jesus expect his followers to do in the midst of this persecution? And I feel like you obviously touched on that in the sermon, but if this really was the persecution, let's just say it is, what is this how Jesus would want us to react? How would he want us to react? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that, and that was the thing that I, I felt like was, I was seeing was I was relating with a lot of people. They're like, Oh man, I can't do this. Yeah, man. I'm upset about that. Like, you know, it's just like, like, you know, gyms are closed. People can't go to the gym. Yeah, man, that's not fair. Jamal, you don't even go to the gym, bro. Like, you know, like, <laughs> chill out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, relax. You're fake. You're fake raging right now, and it's <laughs> dumb. Like, you know, like, it's also I was like, going to say, I don't even know what the inside yeah. of the gym looks like. <laughs> but, but it makes me mad. How dare they? <laughs> like, shut up. You don't even go, man. Like, you know, so... Uh, I, but I would have. Oh, okay. Would you really have Jamal? <laughs> that's why I started with movie theaters. So I was like, well, movie theaters are closed. <laughs> that's why I started with movie theaters. That I know. <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> oh, what? How dare they? My restaurants. Um, yeah, nah. So I, I think that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. My my thought my thought in that was. I think. I I think sometimes we like to feel like we're special like as christians we're like we're special and the irony behind it is like yeah israel is special too and they went through some crazy times when you read the when you read the bible for real for real like they were yes they are god's chosen people but they were not exempt <laughs> from some real crazy stuff. Not, you know, God, and I, God I, I thank you for calling me special. Okay, you're going to go through some special problems man, now. I, I like, mean, no, like, no, I, like, no. <laughs> right. Like, it was like really like when you read some of the stuff that the prophets had to go through, like, like and even even Jeremiah gets to a point. And he's like, I'm upset. I, I felt like you lied to me about this. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, you told me that it was like. To be a prophet is like a, a high honor, a, like a high calling. And yeah. I'm preaching and no one's listening, you know, like yeah. no one cares. And everyone's like throwing me off by the wayside. And it's like, I think sometimes as Christians, we get to this idea. We get this idea that we're special and that we're exempt and that we should be exempt because we're God's people. The way I read scripture is we're special, right? But at the same time, we're supposed to be pointing people towards Jesus. And I don't think that 
I was seeing a lot of that from, mm -hmm. you know, myself or a lot of different people like via social media or whatever. It's like we were actually we were a real leaving sour tastes in people's mouths. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not so sure that the aroma, the fragrance, the fragrance of our of our faith was pleasing unto the world. Like, I think more people kind of turn their nose up like, really? Like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I. And I was like, yeah, I think this is the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. Um, th so that, those were some of my thoughts um, kind of like going into it. And I think people saying, yeah, that this is persecution is a, my personal opinion is a gross like. Well, in that sense, I mean, everyone in the entire country and everyone in the entire world was going through that persecution, whether you're Christian or not. <laughs> yeah. so. And again, that's what I like what you said. Uh, again, it's kind of, you know, kind of hard, but like. You were like, hey, that was supposed to be us leading the example. Everyone's really going through this pandemic. Right. Everyone in the world. And it's touching people differently. Absolutely. Some people have lost family members. Other people have lost jobs. Some people have lost neither. And that's, you know, yeah. it touches us differently. But Christians have the opportunity to lead the way in the middle of a pandemic that can shake your world. Yeah. I am rooted in the unshakable kingdom, and you can be too. Yeah, and I said this in the second service, and I, because I missed it in my notes in the first one, but um, when you're like, if you've ever been with somebody, like a group of people, and like, and like a ride, not a, I forget what it is. It's like one of those rides at um, like maybe Six Flags or whatever, like where the bottom, like where the whole like kind of thing like shakes or whatever, and everyone's just trying to like hold on to something, oh, like, yeah. and you always see that one guy who's actually not bad at kind of like maintaining his balance as the yeah. thing is like going crazy. And people are grabbing, holding on to him or holding on to something that has some sense of stability. That's what I felt like. That's the picture that I got for us. Like in the world, as the world is being shaken, who is the world reaching out to for grounding? Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be us, but they didn't see a lot of that. They saw very few of that. Mm -hmm. um, and even in some cases, you know, people of the world found themselves reaching for the same things that these Christians are reaching for, but they're supposed to be grounded in something else. Yeah. And that was like kind of like in my mind, I'm like, yeah, we we're, we're supposed to be the ones kind of leading the way here, but we were not. And um, again, it was just another indictment against me. Like, you know, like, you know, like me being like, ah, you know, I don't know, being upset about something that like, like masks, like I don't want to wear a mask. This is trash. Like, you know, like, like, how how is me wearing a mask going to really affect somebody who's, like, all the way in the back row? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and I and it's funny because I'm saying these things and I'm trying to preach. And as I'm trying to preach, like, the mask is sucking back into my mouth. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, like and I'm, I'm so frustrated and upset. But, again, I, in that moment, I'm like, yeah, but the focus is not about my mask. It's about what the word of God being go going forth, the yeah. word of God being preached. And if somebody hears this. And their life has changed for the better. The greater there's amazing testimony about how they heard God in the midst of a pandemic, how everybody was wearing masks, even the preacher was wearing a mask, and they heard God say something specifically to them to them about their life that made made them maybe accept Christ for the first time or draw closer, you know. That and then it has nothing to do with me at that point, which is, mm -hmm. you know, a double win, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so again, two things I was thinking about as you guys are talking. 
is um we live in a world where like if i'm frustrated like by something then automatically it must be wrong mm-hmm. you know like like and i think it ties back into comfort again uh with the idea of well i'm frustrated with wearing a mask because it's hard to breathe and therefore you're bad because you make me wear it y- you yeah, know like, and, like and i do want to say you have like can- cancel culture I, yeah. I feel like it's that whole thing that we've really gotten to the point where and i think a lot of times when we talk about persecution which is where i'm kind of going with this is i feel frustrated with it so you must be persecuting me mm. instead yeah. of understanding that we're all feeling frustrated with it yeah we all feel frustrated with it we all feel frustrated with the things are going but it's how we deal with that frustration that really marks uh where our faith comes from you mm. know i feel like it's part of it and the other thing that I was thinking about, too, as we're talking about, is I think about, have you ever read Fox's Book of Martyrs? No. It, it, it's I've read parts of it. I haven't read all the way through it. But there's things in there that are really intense where people are being burned at the stake for their faith. And they're like, thank God I have the opportunity to die for the one I love. Yeah, that's crazy. And And then I feel like then we're frustrated because we have to meet online instead of in person. And we're like, that's persecution. Mm. And I'm like... I really don't understand what persecution is. Yeah. What I understand is thank God that I get to die for the one I love. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's like the opposite thought (laughs) that you're like, at least I'm having, I'm like, I'm I'm mad because I, because I have that I was warped into heaven with no pain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but like, you're right. My mindset, my mind goes to like, because the the phrase is, oh my God, I don't want to have to wear these masks. I can't wait till we don't have to wear these masks. And this person is like, Thank you, God. <laughs> like one is one is a like they completely start yeah. off on two different points. Yeah. Oh my God. And Sorry, yeah, thank not, you, God. Not to cut you off. I was just no, was like, no, you're no, totally but, right. And that's man. my thing. My thing is like, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, like I I can be whiny because I like oh like I just want to be able to do this. I just want to be able to do that. I want to be able to go to 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 take the kids out and do this thing. And 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 oh, I feel so bored. Oh, I feel so restricted wearing a mask. And I, all these things. And then, like, you read about the, you know, someone who literally stood up and, like, willingly died. Like, what's the tradition of Peter? He refused to be crucified right yeah. side up yeah. because he was not worthy to die the way his Lord yeah. was crucified. And I'm like, hey, the world needs to whatever because they're not worthy to give me a hard time <laughs> about me not being able to go to the yeah. store that I want to go to yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and... I guess I'm not trying to be demeaning about that, but I think like because we live in an age or a world or a culture where like we're so comfortable, mm-hmm. the slightest when we're inconvenienced, because that's really with a lot of it is, um, and I get it, businesses have lost, you know, people have lost their businesses, people have died, so I'm not saying that's inconvenience, but we who have not been affected by those things feel incredibly offended sometimes when really it's just an inconvenience it's, to us. It's a matter of inconvenience. Yeah. You know. And yeah. yeah, when you I also thought what was interesting is like, you know, at the time that this is being written, you know, Nero is going bananas, you know, <laughs> yeah. like killing Christians and feeding you know, people to lions. Feeding people to lions. I think some some um some historians have it uh, that he was also dipping them in tar setting them on fire yeah like this is uh, like it's and in my brain and the author's like hey but don't worry about it like we we get this which is greater you know like and it's like 
really? Like, cause I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I. That's right. How, right. Like, I'm that, reading it. And I'm like, yo, yeah. man, I'd be terrified. But this this author seems to understand the depth of what we have in Christ Jesus, um, and decides to make that the focus, which is, fun, it's phenomenal. It's yeah. phenomenally put together. Straight up, straight up truth. Written. I don't know if I could do that. Mm. I don't know if I could face the lion. And be like, okay, God, you got this. That's okay. Yeah. You know, because I can't even face sometimes having a hard conversation with somebody without without feeling like, <laughs> my God, where are you? Where are you, God, in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel so anxious about this. And it's like a hard conversation. I can't imagine having to stand in front of people and stand in front of a, 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 a an arena full of people screaming for my death and being like, no, I'm okay with this because thank God that I can, I can be treated like this for his glory. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, and when I read scripture, I don't always think like that. I'm just thinking, you know, like, oh yeah, they were persecuted. So they weren't allowed to, they had to have underground churches and things like that. And, oh, thank God I don't have to. But when you really get down to some of the stuff, I'm like, wow, I think I'm a big baby, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. I, d- I don't like, I don't know if I could really right. go through that and go through that with a great attitude because well, I can't even wait in line just, with just a great to, attitude. <laughs> just to speak to that, I feel if... You know, there's a level of the Holy Spirit, you know, that comes and helps us in those moments. Like if you're faithful to God and you do love Jesus and things were to go a certain way, if you continue to be faithful to him, I think whatever circumstance you find yourself in, what right? What does Jesus say? Like you'll be brought before rulers and authorities. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, don't worry about what don't don't worry about what to say. Like in that. So I think. And that's the whole point of right now when, you know, it was really cool is I'm actually not in those. Mo- well, cool for my comfort level. I'm not in those moments, but I need to learn to rely on God's spirit now yeah. um, when I am comfortable. Like you said, I should be able to have a conversation with someone and rely on the Holy Spirit in that conversation. And the more I'm doing that and able to worship God, despite my personal circumstances, worship God in the building, worship God meeting online, the more I'm able to do that. If something else comes that's uncomfortable or outside my ability or whatever, I already know what it's like to rely on God's spirit. So now here we go. All right, we're doing it again. We're doing it greater than I've ever done it before. But isn't that what we should be doing as Christians? It's not just a stamp of I'm living my life and I got that, you know, Jesus stamp on me, too. It's that's the walk. I'm learning right. how to do this. You like, know, like the idea of being faithful in the little things. Yes. So that when the greater things come, we've already been trained up. Yeah. You know, and I, I guess I just say that I'm, again, I'm not trying to put anybody down. I guess I just say this things cause it's like about perspective. And sometimes I know I lack perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and that's actually what I wanted to say just for perspective about what we're talking about. It's like what you said earlier, Pastor Jamal, we sometimes feel special so when we're inconvenienced or even persecuted, we feel, wow, this is intense. This is crazy. But you zoom out again, a hundred years ago in America, Spanish flu, people had to wear masks back then. And it was the same stuff. It was, I can't believe I have to wear this or you're a criminal for not wearing this. How could you? You're contrib- You're part of the problem. And so the same way we're talking today via social media and to each other, that's how people were a hundred years ago. So again, the perspective helps because the difference is now, again, it's not fun Right. It doesn't make any more fun now, but the difference is I have the opportunity. How many Christians in the world actually were alive during a pandemic? Not all of them. So now I get to be counted with, you know, that group of Christians. Mm -hmm. 
So how am I going to live my life? God, you put me. Oh, and again, that's what I said to the young adults this weekend with the young adults weekend. I said, we were talking about Elisha and Elijah. And I was like, what if Elisha was in your circle circle of influence? What if he was at your job, that dumb job you don't want to be at right now or, or whatever circumstance you're in? What if Elisha was there? How would he model faith? How would he walk his life for God? Okay, well, God didn't put him there. He put you there instead. And that's the case with this the situation where now in 2020 he put us here and the perspective helps to say, all right, okay. He could have put someone else here. He put us here. It's an opportunity we have. And to understand that like, like really God has brought people through such horrible situations. Mm -hmm. I can get through this, Yeah, you know, and I can get through this in a way that honors him. You know, that's part of the perspective because you know, I know, I know when something happens to me, it's like the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, something happens to you. I'm like, come on now. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. so it, it, it's like that perspective, like, like, OK, this is happening, but it really is not as big as where my human nature wants to blow it up into catastrophe. Um, really, I, I, I'm blessed that this is even an issue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, it's been great discussion, guys. Um, yeah, I think I want to say I think that's the importance of community, you know, for us to be in community because, like you said, our problems, they feel like the biggest thing in the world. But when you're with other people, you talk it out, you see someone has a similar struggle that helps you. Mm -hmm. And I want to shout out our small groups because um, I'm having a small group meeting today. <laughs> We're looking to um, really kick them back up next month. And to what even what we we're saying earlier about the building and the early church that they met in people's homes you know i think that's what was great about we had a few zoom groups going on and so we're going to meet today and talk about kind of what that will look like for september and we'll i want to really hopefully still have a good amount of groups but we may do hybrid we may do some over zoom i think some people still actually love zoom uh right now slash who knows if things dial back again but if we can have some in the building slash it, even if Sunday mornings get limited, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But if it does say we can still have a limit of 25 people, you know, youth group, other things going on. Maybe we'll have four small groups throughout the week because we can't attend on a Sunday. We'll watch online Sunday. But, you know, I, I'll be in community. I'll be in a small group in the building. Who, who knows? We were just talking. Right. I'm just talking. But the point is. I'm excited for our small groups and it's important to be plugged in, you know, via that way as well in church. So, all right, guys. Well, it's been fun. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.